I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to episode two of Gabagool, a Sopranos podcast. My name is Ben Vanell. I'm joined by my co-host, my friend, my compatriot, uh, a guy called Adam. It's me, Adam um, Tagliatelli. I can't remember what uh, Christopher's <laughs> surname was. I was genuinely trying to remember it. I really you hope that we don't. You could have act- gone with a pun on your own name of Adam Gnocchi. Oh yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> it wasn't even bad, meant right? to be a pun. It was just genuinely the only similar sounding word I could think of at the time. Right. Uh, which I hope doesn't happen too often because I respect the Italian people and their heritage and their descendants, yes. who we are talking about yet again in episode yeah. two, uh, 46 long. I know, I know. Another episode of The Sopranos about Italians. Two oh, in a row. Come Can on, mix it? it up a little. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is um, this is all about 46 Long today. Thanks for listening to the first episode. If you did, if you didn't skip to episode two, like a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're recording this before episode one's come out. So thank you uh, and we're sorry. Uh, for... <laughs> yeah, who knows what the response will have been. I yeah. assume that... Um, it will have been the craziest, greatest podcast launch that's ever happened. Mm-hmm. The sheer star power of the Aria talking to me boys coming back. <laughs> yes. It would have driven the uh, people in droves to this one, hoping for another innovative uh, podcast intro, such a, like we had the Game of Thrones theme. Now we yes. have the Sopranos theme. Yes. We really <laughs> tried to make something different, though. We had two ideas. Well, three ideas. I tried to mash up Don't yeah. Stop Believing and uh, the Sopranos theme, and it fucking sucked. You mm-hmm, initially mm-hmm. made the Sopranos theme, but it says, woke up this morning, got some gabagool, yep. which is a good idea. And then we also had um, uh, gabagool a do <laughs> or something. Gabba- yeah, pretty much. Yabba, yabba gabagool. Yabba gabagool. I guess. Yeah. And so the idea of... Gabagool being the lyrics to the initial, the original theme song, or Fred Flintstone saying Yabba Gabagool and the mm-hmm. Flintstone Sopranos mashup. Two ideas you'd think would be perfect for an intro. Absolutely. Yeah. Pretty original, like fun, you know, silly ideas, good for a comedy, you know, um, comedy. A lighthearted uh, recap podcast. Yes, yes, exactly. A lighthearted, light-hearted look show. at mm-hmm, the Sopranos, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and wouldn't you know it? They were such good ideas that both of them had already been had long ago by yep. other people, <laughs> fucking video game donkey and uh, Harvey Birdman, respectively. I know Harvey Birdman. I, I was the real crazy one because, yeah. like, okay, yes. Uh, just like saying gabagool a bunch while you're watching the sopranos sure. i could you can see that that that's a that's a you know but yabba gabagool being an idea that someone else had and then didn't immediately go no nah, that's stupid like someone followed through on it 
That's the surprising thing to me. It's infuriating. So <laughs> you would have heard that it's just a little uh, a snippet of the fantastic fucking Sopranos theme song. I've been listening Isn't to it, it all yeah. week because we've been talking about the Sopranos. There's a yep. bit in the middle of the full version that it sucks isn't in the show because it's the funniest thing where mm. in the middle of the thing he goes, Sam from above. The guy with a really cool voice that yeah. is over most of the song goes, Sam from above, I'm Mr. D-Wayne Love and introduces another guy who I think is called <laughs> D-Wayne Love. I haven't looked at him up. And then D-Wayne sure. Love goes, Wang bang, bang, bing, ding, dong, hip, daddy, it. Like he just has oh. the most irritating <laughs> verse over the top of this cool song. Um, but yeah, it is a cool song. It sets the tone. It makes you, it puts you in the mindset that everyone in this show is cool and the things they do are morally to be supported. I want to replicate them in real life. That's the Absolutely. impression that is giving me that I, I that, that's the way I should feel about this. Every aspect of these mm-hmm. characters from mm. their behavior to their views on race, I want to replicate <laughs> in my everyday uh, existence. Well, let's get into the episode that made us feel that way. 46 Long, it's episode two of season one. What it's is, written by David Chase. What does that mean, 46 Long? It's a suit size. Ah, uh, okay, now I get it fully. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're probably a 48 Long or something like that. I reckon uh, I'm a 69 <laughs> big. Short? No, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> okay. I, I, I don't know what I'd be, but uh, it'd be up there. <laughs> I'm a short. I know that. I have to buy. I've started finally buying pants that fit me, and it's just like I have to go and buy a pair of jeans that's like waist thirty three, leg thirty. <laughs> we are shopping at shops that are at opposite ends of the uh, of the mall. I know. Well, they have a sh- they have big and tall. They don't have short and fat. That's my problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I share the physique with some of the cast of this show. Hello, sir. Because we open Please with a fantastic in. scene. Welcome to Oompa Loompas. We are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you here. Yeah, yeah. Um, Welcome to Tweedledums. Yeah, Tweedledums <laughs> is down the road if you want a, a different selection. I'm surprised that Big Pussy doesn't own a suit shop because he is my size. He would be making suits for me. He's a little fat man. Um, but yeah, we open on, on the boys. Yeah. The boys riffing, riffing and tearing it up. They're having um, a sit around talking about clones and Princess Die. Yep. So it really takes you back to the time that this show was uh, was airing. Fuck. That's true. Yeah, they rep, they bring out Dolly the Sheep as like the future of science. Yeah. I do love the way that there's like that misunderstanding between Christopher and Big Pussy and and Big Pussy is like, "No, no. I'm talking about sheep. Science." Like it he j- the, they have such great delivery and that sort of it happened with Tony last week like mm. being like, "No, no. I'm I'm doing something smart here." Totally. But just saying it in that fantastically sort of, you know, working class Italian <laughs> drawl. That, that like, sense of, um, of I don't want to say ego because it's not that. I'm struggling to find the right word. It's like mm. a sense of uh, they want to be like the everyman, the renaissance man. They want to be the respected, mm-hmm. like, warrior poet type of guy where, like, yes, they're right. tough and they do the... They're a man and they do the hard work, but also they got the brains there. If they need them, you know, it's it's their second string is that, yeah, uh, I want you to see me as clever. Most of them are right. like that. Yeah, cl- clever and cultured. They, they, they often refer to the, a, a lot in this episode as well, to their Italian heritage mm. being something of culture, of history. You know, like, you know, the Romans fucking built half of society. There's, there's something to that in the way that these guys think about themselves. There's a sense of but, pride there. And I think right. having this be the opening, because the pilot was made as a pilot. That mm-hmm. was a self-contained sort of thing. And then this is the first step into the, in quotes, real show. And mm. it's a great setup of something that they didn't necessarily establish quite as well in the pilot of the 
dynamic between this core group that are right. in Tony's crew. And you set right. up every character here pretty well. Yeah, yeah. We talked about how well Tony was set up last week mm-hmm. and Melfi and Carmella and stuff. But yeah, uh, and, and you were saying last week, because you haven't seen much of the show and I guess you don't have as concrete an idea of these guys. No. Like, we didn't even know Paulie's name last week. We didn't really know. We got Big Pussy, but it was sort of um, pretty light on. It was just that interaction with him and Christopher. But yeah, yeah now we get these guys interacting. And th- this scene is like, it's just one of the most memorable ones of the entire show because you get uh, Sill doing the Pacino stuff. Um, and you get Paulie mucking around being silly, doing jokes, repeating the joke again. Yes. Um, I found this a really funny scene. Just genuinely, I laughed a lot during this scene. Absolutely. It sets up where they're at as, you know, gangsters because you've got that TV interview with the guy who's saying, ah, the mob's mm-hmm. in trouble because of this and that. And Paulie's mad at him and wants to change a channel. To, mm-hmm. You know, and that also sets up the thing of like, yeah, they're all a crew. Tony's the boss. But they kind of, you know, they're pretty able to do whatever they want with each other, you know? Right. Right. Like, Paulie changes yeah. the channel, and Tony's like, hey, fuck you, put the channel back. And so Tony gets his way, but it's not a big deal if one of them sort of steps out of line a little bit here and there. You know what I mean? They're pretty comfortable totally. with each other. They're, they're like, Tony's the boss, but they are peers. They're on the same level. Right. And, like, they're old friends, clearly. Yeah. So you got Paulie, who you <laughs> thinks he's funny. Him immediately repeating the full <laughs> joke. <laughs> he doesn't even take a breath after nah. the first time he says it. He turns so and good. speaks to someone six inches away from his face <laughs> in the other direction. So that's Tony Sirico, by the way. I've just got the credits up because, um, yeah, this guy, I believe, Tony Sirico was in the mob. He's a guy who actually was a member of the mafia. Yeah. Um, maybe not a made man, but was like sort of, you know, a, a henchman and ended up being, yeah, an actor in the show. Yeah. Was that just like a real interview from TV or was that a, a thing that they made for this show to to set that up? Or it, it comes across like know. it's ju- it's very in world and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, you got Silvio, who's kind of like the, the the guy they turn to to lighten the mood. He's got like mm. the Sam Pacino impression that he's doing. So he's sort of like the, I think he owns the Bada Bing. So he's like the sort of fun guy. You got yep. Paulie, who's just like a fucking dipshit. But yep. they put up with him. <laughs> Big Pussy thinks he's a bit smart. Chris is mm-hmm. being a hothead in here. Tony he is, yeah. is being Tony in it. Like it's, it's such a good setup of the dynamic in the characters here. Yeah. Um, um, and and also underlining that um, theme that we talked about a bit last week of like this is all on the dec- on the decline, right? And these people are sort of trying to fight against it and not think about it, but inside clearly it's doing something to them. It's a, a stressful time to be in the mob. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then you get the intro again. That's sort of like a cold open thing. Does the mm-hmm. show do these cold opens going forward? Um, I I think I felt weird that there wasn't one last week. Okay, so right. I assume so, yeah, but cool. I don't remember. I did. I watched it, you know. I love a uh, cold open over a decade ago. Because yeah, me too. Finding the right moment to kick in the theme uh, yep. is my favorite part about tons of shows. Absolutely, there's an art to the cold open, and SNL has lost that art. <laughs> yeah, they don't know how to do it anymore, but the Sopranos do. <laughs> you just wait until you've done eight minutes more of the sketch than you should have, and then yeah. at a random point, you turn the camera and just say it. <laughs> You wait until the audience is cold. Yeah, I think exactly. that's, that's yeah, what they do. You have your warm-up guy, and then you bring out all the cast to do the cool-down. <laughs> You're like, yeah, hey, did you know Joe, Joe Biden was on TV this week? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, no one on the cast can do an impression, I guess, so here's Jim Carrey. 
Yeah, and he can't either. Um, but straight <laughs> after the intro, bang, we get a little scene with, yeah, a guy who is a complicated guy. He's trying to prove himself in a world that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean anything anymore. Christopher Moltisanti. Moltisanti. Michael Imperioli. Yeah, That's Moltisanti. It. Great name. Yeah, it is. And uh, who was the other guy? I'm sorry. Brendan, uh, yeah, Brendan is his friend. Brendan, Brendan that's right. for Brendan for something, um, felony, uh, um, they're jacking a they're jacking a truck, a felony. Oh, yeah. this is like one of those J.K. Rowling character names where it just says who they are yeah. or what they are. Because <laughs> Dumbledore, he was always <laughs> couldn't figure out how to open the doors. I guess I was thinking about Diagon Alley, which is just diagonally. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Brendan Felony. <laughs> um, they're they're jacking like a truck. Scene. They're jacking a truck. They get this guy out. Clearly, he like the mob is so ingrained in society here, especially with shipping and stuff like that. The truck driver is like, okay, just like I'm gonna get in trouble if you don't. I'm not gonna do anything, but mm. just give me a hit. You know, tie me up. Make it make it so I'm not right. Um, implicated in what you're doing. His as well. reaction when he sees this roadblock isn't even fear. He just goes like, "Oh, mm. oh come on!" Yeah. And then like yeah. he's got a rope in the truck for them to tie him up <laughs> yeah. with. He yeah, yeah. gets them to beat him up. They they go a bit far with it. Um, because you know they're hotheads. Mm-hmm. But they they mm-hmm. jack this truck of DVD players. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> DVD. Uh huh. The new format. We talked about Laserdisc last week and how sort of fun and. And vintage retro it was, but DVD, baby. The video's not even that different, but the sound is way better. Is that is that true? Because <laughs> that is know. a great I line. I don't remember. <laughs> um, oh, man. I mean, uh, yeah, I think I was too young to really be across the cutting edge of what DVD was all about. I mean, maybe it was. It was like Dolby and stuff. That was when people mm. were starting to buy 5.1 surround systems, I feel like. Yeah. I think that maybe maybe this, yeah. You're getting your big <laughs> receivers. But thing. I think a lot of DVD players early on were set up with a composite input rather than component. Mm. So you didn't get mm. the full cinematic experience of the digital versatile disc. Yeah, which is a real shame. Um, but yeah, they I like the, the... Again, the writing of this show is so fun because it gives them these sort of guys that are just thugs, some fun lines. They, they The guy's like, you know, I can't get away from this unscathed. And they're like, they give him a few hits. And they're like, you're scathed now? Yeah. You're scathed? I remember this being, when I watched, I, I, I watched about the first season of the show. And I remember when I watched that about 15 years ago or something, mm. um, feeling anxious whenever these guys were being casual about committing a serious crime. <laughs> Like, yeah. it would make me on edge because they were just like, yeah, talking about whatever. Hey, like, I think this happens later in the show. They'll be doing something. They'll be like having a... It's like a like a Tarantino thing almost mm. where they're talking about burgers and shit while they're about to threaten a guy. Right. All that sort of thing. And that made yep. me so anxious because the idea <laughs> of wasting your fucking attention on that oh, when you should God. be looking for flashing lights. Yep. I <laughs> would be yep. the worst criminal. In the world, yeah, they they do get a bit. No, you'd be good. You'd be well. You'd be focused. No, because I'd be freaking out. I wouldn't be. You'd focused. be too nervous. Yeah, yeah. yeah true, I, I'd yeah. be the guy who accidentally shoots the guy really early, or mm-hmm. you know, I, I'd I'd flip out and shoot myself immediately. I just you'd, I wouldn't be. Able yeah, to you'd be it. so worried about your gun not falling out of your pocket that you would drop it and it would land on the ground and shoot someone. But yes, we <laughs> <Imagine>. are. Imagine. <laughs> We're jumping ahead because this one goes off without a hitch. Yeah. They they steal the truck. They got a bunch of DVD players. Um, and, uh, I don't know what order this happens in, but 
they do go to Tony and they they they're like, hey, look at all these fucking DVD players. And Tony takes one. Yeah, um, that happens a little bit later because they're at the club and the guy can't figure out with the phone because before that you get like Tony's woken up uh, and uh, Chris is telling Carmella, no, not Chris, fucking Tony Jr. is telling Carmella yep. about his science teacher's uh, car yes. got stolen. Yes. They're just shooting the shit. But then when Tony gets brought into this conversation that they were just chatting about, he's like, uh, what what grades are you getting in science? D plus? Okay, mm. maybe I'll do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and Carmella had sort of suggested it as just like a charitable thing to do for a guy because you've got resources. Right. And then right, he right. takes it as like, maybe I can get something out of this. She's like, no, I don't mean it like that. Which, mm. I, you know, it says... Don't a turn bit. this into leverage. Just do something nice. Yeah. It's like, no, that's not within my personality. I'm all about levers, Carmella. <laughs> Um. So yeah, they they had that conversation. Then yeah, we're at the butter bing. The guy who works there can't figure out how to work a, a '90s landline. That's right. Yeah, it's got a whole button, and he's just pushing every button on there. <laughs> like I'm getting frustrated with this dude too. Towards the end of the episode, Man, Tony yeah, beats absolutely. the shit out of him. But like, I get it. Yeah, yeah. It it frustrated me too. Yeah. I don't even know. Think I would necessarily. I don't have that knowledge. I'd be able to figure it out. It says hold. I'm not, yeah, the hold button hold. has the word hold above it or below yep. it. You'll be able to tell though because it'll be close <laughs> to that button. And you can't <laughs> figure out how to use a receiver. How about you receive a few punches? Ah, oh, that's what I'd say. And then I'd shoot myself because I was too nervous. <laughs> <laughs> when you leave, you'll be holding your balls because I will have kicked you in them. Yeah, holding your hold. calls, holding your balls. Yeah, holding your calls, you holding it. your balls. All right, okay. Um, but yes, yeah, so um, they're unloading these DVD players. Tony doesn't like this Brendan Felony guy. Yeah. He tells not Chris later he's not into the methamphetamine stuff. Right. Um, that's his his major problem with it. Because Chris is tr- kind of trying to vouch for Brendan there, clearly friends. Yeah. And um, Tony's like, nah, this guy's bad news. The methamphetamine shit, it's going to cause problems within the yep. next 47 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and yeah, it feels like Brendan, Brendan is just like Christopher on on speed. Right. Like, ironically, his whole personality is like, I want to prove myself. I want to be cool. I want to be part of this crew. Yeah. But maybe I don't want to be be part of the crew. I want to just be a tough guy and I want to do stuff. I want to get stuff done and sell things and be a criminal. Yeah. Like, that's just his whole character. If if uh, if Chris is like Danny DeVito, then uh, Brendan is Brad Pitt because his head is hotter. Even hotter than Chris's. Yeah. He's got, he's yep. got a hot head and Chris can see that element of himself in him later on and it sort of mm. brings him to his senses a little bit, you get the impression of. Totally. So they're doing that and then um, Tony's calling his mother. Like he gets a call that doesn't go through from someone else who's trying to get to him. I can't remember if we kind of deal with that call at any point during this episode. I don't think that's from it, someone we talked to during this episode. Uh, is, is it? Yeah, maybe not. Fuck, what's the guy's name? Because it, it was a name that sort of seemed familiar to me, but I, you know, I've seen... More of the show. Yeah. Is it from Jackie or whoever the sort of mediator is later on who's the upper I don't, guy? I don't think it was from Jackie, but it might have been from a guy who works for Jackie or some, something like that. It's a business call, whatever it is. Yeah, yes. And he's frustrated yeah. he can't get to it, but then um, it, it doesn't come back because the guy hits the wrong button and hangs up on him. Hmm. And uh, Tony calls his mother from this strip club, which this strip club, the butter being that they work out of, seems like such a... Uh, uh, an inappropriate work environment. <laughs> like I thought you were going to say it seems sort of like a bad place to 
like an insecure place to do crime stuff. No, the crime stuff out of there is probably okay. But sure. I mean, because they do, they make a point to be like, oh, I won't call him back from here. I'll call him back. Give me the number. You know, like it's all they, outside they, lines and shit yeah. like that. But just the volume is all I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Where <laughs> either the music is too quiet to effectively strip to, or the music right. is too loud to effectively carry a conversation. So mm-hmm. I don't know. There's no middle ground where you could have the music be appropriate for both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you if you're at a strip club and the music mm-hmm. is so low that you can hear like the heels clacking on the tabletop, mm-hmm. I don't that you know that gives me too much room to think. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. I think that's a fair criticism. The atmosphere has to be right for any kind of performance. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I. Uh, I don't know why they're doing it out of here, but he calls his mom and uh, she's a fucking dick to him again. Just immediately. But fucking hell. Also, she plays Frasier's mother in Cheers sometimes, or at least one time that I've seen. Oh, really? Okay. I'd never seen her in anything else. And I guess, yeah, she's, she's quite old by this point, the actress, but, um, uh, okay, cool. Is she mean in Cheers as well? Yeah. To Diane. Okay. She's, she threatens uh, to kill okay. Diane. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So I guess uh, she's been a bit typecast as cruel mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, she's kind of struggling to be old and alone. Mm. She's talking to Tony. She's cooking some mushrooms. She gets distracted by some busybody shit going on outside. Yep. And yep. she uh, mushrooms catch on fire. She's flipping out. Mm-hmm. She's just shaking and not doing anything about it. Yeah. She gets back on the phone to Tony and he's like, I'm 40 minutes away. Call the fucking fire brigade. Call 911. Mm-hmm. Eventually she does and she pushes a button so slowly. <laughs> it's so funny. Because <laughs> she does 9 then 1 and then forgets, seems to forget where 1 We was. don't even see her <laughs> dial the other one. It's implied because the firemen <laughs> yeah. leave later on. Mm-hmm. But fuck mm-hmm. me if she hasn't dialed that one. So Tony's called Carmella. She's on her yep. way over there. He tries to get over there. He leaves as well. But he's Mm. like, the shit can't go on like this. He's sick of Chris's bullshit. He's sick of his mum's bullshit. It's all too much at the moment. Uh, And he's annoyed. So, yeah, the firefighters have shown up. They're leaving. Big, strong, burly men. Good for them. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And then, yeah, Carmella's there. She's sitting on the couch. She, like Tony, is being nice. She's being a nice, respectful, thoughtful person and seems... Seemingly, genuine, genuinely offers to have uh, Olivia come and, and live with them. It really does seem genuine, doesn't it? It yep, doesn't seem it does. like she's fake saying it, but secretly doesn't want Olivia living there, which nope. Tony will tell to Melfi later on. Yeah, fuck, that pissed me off. Because like half of the time, you're so happy for his um, genuine personal revelations that he has in therapy. And the other half of the time, it's like, you're working against yourself. Because yeah. he is in a... Shitty, like, but yeah. So let's let's just continue with this because um, Livia also is like, no, I can tell when I'm not wanted, and yeah. she refuses. She 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 deals with this genuine offer by just saying no. I, she is also right that she's not actually wanted there by Tony, at least. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be fun. No. Um, but it's going to be better. Like, it would be better for her. She needs it, um, but she's proud. Yeah. She's, you know, my grandma was like this. I mean, she wasn't, you know, married to the head of a crime family or anything. She Just didn't secretly want you to be whacked but by I get your it. uncle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you, maybe that. But when you get older 
and people start telling you you can't look after yourself, I imagine that I'm going to push back against that too. It's, yeah. it's yeah. a horrible thing to have to face. Totally. Absolutely. I mean, yes, you're right. Even when like I get really sick, I'm like, no, don't come over. I'll be fine. You know, I'll drive myself to the grocery. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I yes, I also understand that impulse. Totally. Um, but when your fucking house is about to burn down because the mushrooms went up. Yeah. You know. Well, and so she agrees to a compromise where she's going to get someone in. Yes. She agrees to let uh, a helper come and help her. Yeah. Yeah, and isn't that helper treated well by everyone? Yeah, we'll get there. Um, uh, so yeah, Tony has obviously been looking into. He Tony goes to Pussy's car place. Uh, the way that it's written here is at Pussy. We're, we're looking at like a recap that's on uh, TVTropes.org. Yeah, it's, rem- a, it's really good. It seems to be the uh, like because we had this issue with Game of Thrones mm. when we were doing that show. Half of the time that people just skip shit, not put it in, do it out of order. Right. This TV trope seems really, really good. Because you don't want to distract yourself from actually watching the show by taking too many notes during it yeah. is how we do it. So, yeah. Anyway, there's a recap here. And it's got all of the tropes that exist in the episode down the bottom. Oh, Fuck, yeah. there's a million of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, shit. Uh one of the tropes being jerk ass. It doesn't matter what Tony can say or how much he tries to reason with her. Livia will always find the meanest and most offensive thing to say in reply. So mm-hmm. you can get great tropes like the jerk ass trope. Jerk ass trope. Is that a trope right. or just the way that people sometimes are? I think this is the least tropey of all the tropes listed. I think it also makes sense that someone who's going to be filling in tropes on tvtropes.org would write down just simple human behaviour as a TV trope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you again for all the contributors for making this easy for us. We are using them. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, yeah he's got an auto body shop, and uh, Tony's there to try and find this. Um, get get the the word out there. Or oh, Tony's just told him actually. Some I think o- so. Yeah. Some other guy who works there's like, hey, I got a lead on the car you told me to look for. Uh, yes. The teacher's satin. It turned up there was a guy of this description who was wearing a um uh, a uniform from. Butt fucks, which I think is his way of saying Starbucks. Yeah, right. Yep. Because, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so, yep. boy, like a lot of 90s shows, does everybody hate Starbucks? Everyone hates Starbucks. Um, and I just think, because these, the, it turns out the two, there's, there's two guys, they're a gay couple yeah. of criminals. Um, I can't, it, I don't know if they were overtly, um, um, what's the word that I want to use here? I don't know if overt homophobia is something that was present here, but this episode is packed with racism. It is. And I like, I think they're, they avoid the issue of uh, how they feel about gay people in this one so much. Uh, but I, and I, I think the, the guy I was telling him didn't know that, but fucks is unrelated. Right. Just to be yeah. clear. Surprising. It is just what they're calling is, yeah. Starbucks, because it's just a vague description of a guy who's like a certain height, certain hair color sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, they get like this information of uh, here's uh, the, the uniform he was wearing. So they start going a different Starbucks or, you know, mm-hmm. the fake equivalent. I guess they call it not Starbucks and it looks different right. Starbucks for legal reasons or whatever, even though it's on HBO. But um, yep. they're, they're, so Pussy and uh, Paulie. That's mm. their sort of B plot. This episode, they're going around to all these different Starbucks and looking for this guy, because uh, yeah, they like <laughs> they go to that first one, and Paulie's pissed off that Italians don't own Starbucks. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, what they're they're doing to our culture that they're the they're like what I can't forget. He, I can't remember the word. He's yeah. mad that it like we gave the world all this shit. We gave them pizza. We get they were eating like shit before we came along. We gave them espresso, and now other people have taken that shit from us and made money out of it. Right. But his position, he says at the start, is like fucking Italians. Like we missed the boat. <laughs> we we, yeah. we couldn't do that. So um. You know, it's kind of a funny thing. He steals one of the one of the little pots later on. Very funny. Yeah. Very funny. Another great way to tell you exactly who Paulie is. One of my notes here is just that Paulie is fucking funny. <laughs> He's so good. Yeah. Paulie Walnuts. What a king. Um, um so yeah. yeah, he's uh back at Melfi, Tony, after after this sort of bit. And that kinda happens throughout the episode a couple of times, but you know, there's yes. there's not too much to pop in with for that. Um Tony goes to Melfi's again, and yeah, this is where he lies and says that it's Carmella mm. who isn't wanting um, Livia to live at their house, which does seem to be untrue. Yeah. And yeah. then um, he gets mad at her and storms off again because he suggests that maybe he, uh, Melfi suggests that maybe Tony doesn't like his mother that much. Right. Which uh, she, she also suggests that that is because his mother is not a likable person. Right. You know, like he he's like my my fucking my sisters. She they they cut her off a long time ago. It's like, well, why do you think that is? Yeah. You know, is it because she's a, a really bad person who fucked your life up and made you an emotional wreck? She asks, "Do you have one nice memory of your mother?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah one time my dad fell down the stairs and we all <laughs> laughed at him." <laughs> That's the one example uh, he can think of of his mother so even good. laughing. So good. <laughs> so yeah, he he like that touches a nerve with him. And then later on, he like takes a huge bouquet of flowers to her house mm. and they've got a housekeeper there now. Um, he has said that she is Trinidadian mm-hmm. and immediately when he gets in the house and meets her, he's like, Hey, while you're on the job, don't smoke any ganja. All right. Oh, fuck Tony. Come on, Tony. Tony. Um, what a character flaw now with you that you're racist. Is that a character <laughs> flaw? Or, but it's got that same sort of pervasive, like, I think appropriate in terms of representing this time and this place. Right. Uh, everyone's, to varying degrees, got issues with anyone who isn't... Uh, with anyone, really. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm not racist. I hate everyone equally. But, like, that's pretty close to <laughs> all of these people. Totally, yeah. Um. But, yeah, uh, I think a pretty clear... Uh, there was something else. Maybe it'll come up again that'll jog my memory. But there is a few moments within this episode that appeared to be making clear points to the audience of Tony Soprano is not the hero of this show. I right. think actually there's a bit of dialogue later where, oh yeah, Anthony Jr. calls his dad a hero. It's like, right. how much more clear can we make it that Tony Soprano is not a hero or an anti-hero? He's a complicated bad guy. That scene is great with like the child eyes that Anthony Jr. is looking at the car with as you're being shown thing after thing of like the guy's like, oh, wow, my satin's back. Oh, it's been painted. Oh, my papers aren't in the boot. Oh, there's new yeah. keys. And yeah. he, like just one after another. And then Anthony's in the corner going, yeah, look, my dad's a hero. Get a load of this. <laughs> yep. Yeah, perfect. Um, but yeah, this, and uh, again, yeah, this, the rest of the way that the conversation and, and the scene play out uh, with Tony and his mom and talking about the housekeeper and that whole situation. And she's like, she's stealing from me. And Tony's like, yeah. the fuck she is. You're giving away all your possessions because you think you're going to die. Stop it with the morbidity shit. Yep. Um, and uh, then she also says that uh, Junior was looking for him as mm. well. Let's get back to that gabagool. 
So yeah. Junior and Tony meet up with uh, Jackie, who is the acting boss of the whole family. Yes, uh, and I believe the family that he's actually based in New York. I think from memory. I don't think. Yeah. That Jackie April and the the DeMeo family are are New Jersey. They're New York. They're the current sort of heads of the family. Um, is it? It's Jackie's dad. So is in jail. Yeah, he says that I'm act. Well, I'm acting ahead while my dad's having a government sponsored vacation or something like that. Yep. Um, yep. and it's also revealed he's got cancer. Yep. He's doing chemo right now, but he's mediating a meeting between Junior and Tony about the the truck because Junior is like. The truck company's been paying me protection money for years, so you stepped on my fucking toes here by right. hitting this thing. I want restitution. And Tony's like, okay, you can have restitution. That's what that, you know. And that's that's all kind of works out. But Junior, again, clearly mad, clearly frustrated with the situation that Tony is technically above him in this thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he, you find out later kind of uh, oh yeah he walks off so like they agree <laughs> that the 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 Chris and Brendan are gonna um yeah yeah Tony didn't know this was gonna happen it's still his nah. responsibility to sort it out Christopher's gonna pay restitution it's all fine they're gonna replace everything and it's just yeah. like it's agreed that it's sort of a, a, a hey we'll do up the damage but call it even yeah and uh then Tony on his way out there's a guy <laughs> called uh Mikey who uh is like Junior's guy yep uh, who's sitting in a car and Tony comes over and basically they do fake friendly jokes at each other the whole time. The yeah. scene is pretty much Tony going, hey, you fucking piece of shit. You're a fucking piece yeah. of shit. How about that? Then Mike is yeah. like, Haha, yeah, well, you're a fucking piece of shit. How about that? And yeah, but also uh, in the sort of like, Haha, yeah, you're uh, well above me in the hierarchy, yeah. so I'm not going to actually hit back at all. <laughs> um, but I hope you've been doing well and stop um, saying that you fucked my mother. Yeah, but <laughs> boy, he, he does not hide it that that much. Yeah. Like he, he's doing the right things on paper. You know, he's not being too aggressive, but uh, he clearly does not fucking like Tony here at all. Totally. I think we've gotten the picture of Tony as like a, f- uh, a sort of, Dorky dad, a professional, you know, um, uh, someone who can be cold and calculating and smart. And this is Tony being just a bully, just yeah. being a dick for no reason. And you see that a couple of times this episode too. Right. Um, so Carmela goes and drops off some food uh, at Livia's house and the housekeeper's like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. I just quit. And... <laughs> She's like, what happened? And Livia's like, I don't know. She's being weird. I don't know. that I didn't do anything. She's strange. These blacks is yeah, what she right? says. That's, so, yeah. Oh, I wonder yep. what happened. I wonder. Jeez, I wonder what Livia might have done. Fucking hell. So then, um, yeah, Tony's waking up, taking some Prozac and uh, gets a call from Chris. Uh, Chris is like, I've been trying to call you for fucking ages. Because... Mm. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to call you. What's the what's the problem here? What are you doing? Um, and uh, oh, that's right. They go over to like the butchery or whatever, right? Like they're at the back of some packing place. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so the call is in person. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, Chris and uh, Brendan are there at the at the deli. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's the back of Satriali's. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and they kind of have an argument, and they're like, "Look, should we? Can we not pay this? Because uh." Junior's asking for $15,000, which is crazy. Yeah. That's more than this is worth. Tony's like, well, fuck you. That's what he's asking for. you got to pay it. Mm. Brendan says, 
Why? Because Captain Kimo told us to. I can't remember what he calls him, but it's something like that. It's uh, he calls him Kimo Sabi. Kimo Sabi. That's it. Pretty witty, <laughs> but it's the so, cleverest Brendan is for this episode. That's for sure. Yeah, such the like you're making fun of the head of the mafia yeah. to like one of the next guys down on the chain. What a fucking stupid thing! And it's just disrespectful. Yeah. Like I got just, mad yeah. too. I wouldn't yeah. have thrown him into a trolley full of meat, but that's what Tony does. <laughs> you, you wanted to, I don't know if we talked about this on the last episode of this podcast or something else that we do, but Tony does the cartoon move of grabbing him by the collar and the belt and chucking him through the door. Yeah, he fully flings him. <laughs> yeah. And he clatters under this meat, but then luckily when they go back outside, there's like a medic there or something. <laughs> yeah. There's some lady like applying... Uh, yeah, patching him up. Yeah. So I don't know if she's a butcher who happens to have a first aid kit or what's going on. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony's like, give me 15000 I'll try and get him down to ten. But Chris is like, he'll take a cut and we'll get yeah. $500 maybe from having done this job. But it's like, yeah, yeah but you you did a stupid job. Exactly. The entire thing was a mistake. If you get any profit out of it, then you should be counting yourself lucky. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that, that all goes down there. And uh, he's like, don't fucking go anywhere near Junior's shit. Yeah. And so... Later on, um, I believe we'll skip over some stuff here and come back to it maybe. Okay. Because that night, Christopher and uh, Brendan and their partners right. there or their girlfriends, they're out at a nightclub mm-hmm. and they're waiting at the front. Again, like they, 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 they keep getting told they're not as big as they think they are all the time because all right. these other people are getting in and they're like, hey, we know Jimmy or whatever. And the guy's like, okay, good for you. And doesn't let them mm. in quickly. Mm. Martin Scorsese though, ah, uh, he gets in. <laughs> yeah, how can, you got to be okay with getting shut down for Scorsese. Like, hey, he's he's the master, and they're stoked to see him. I really love it's... how how <laughs> yeah. everyone in the mob here actually fucking loves all the mob, the good mob movies, like The Godfather totally. and Goodfellas and whatever. One of the great lines. I thought this must have been a bit later on or something, but it's in the second episode of Christopher Moltisanti being like Marty. Kundun, I liked it. <laughs> it's just so good. It's pretty good. And I like that Scorsese agreed to do this theme park ride of television rather than a <laughs> film. But yes. uh, yeah, it, that, that bit's cool. But then inside of the club, they're talking to each other over a nice little plate of cocaine yep. about how, fuck Tony, he shouldn't tell us what to do. It's the new millennium. Mm-hmm. We've been trying it by the books this whole time. I'm not getting fucking anywhere. Because Tony told him, hey, look, you can't be a made man yet as well. They're not taking new applicants, so you, you can't do it right yet. And yep. Brendan's like, that's probably bullshit. And Chris is like, no, that's actually really true. <laughs> yeah. No, that's actually a serious that's, bit. Like, uh, yeah. No, shit's that's, that's, crazy yeah. at the moment. They've got to keep it locked down. Yeah. Um, so even then, he's still got like, you know, he's a, he's a company man. He is. Like, he's a hothead, but he's not an idiot. Right. Like, he's passionate, but he's part of the family. He's Tony's nephew, you know. He's in. Right. He's just trying to get a little big for his boots at the moment. And he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be at the top necessarily. He wants to be in with the people who are at the top. Sure, Does that yeah, make yeah. Sense? And even even in the the opening scene, he's sitting off to the side. He's not right. in the he's not literally in the inner circle. And so he's still the younger guy, still the new kid on the block. Right. Heat of the moment, you know, he's uh going fuck Tony, fuck this. I hate this. There's another truck, Brendan says. Let's go get that. And Chris is like, yeah. Yeah, let's go get that truck and 10 more drinks. 
<laughs> yeah. And then later on, he sobered up a little. Uh, Brendan comes to pick him up, and Chris is mm. like, nah, this is stupid. I'm yeah, staying Yeah, it's here. 5 a.m. at that point, right? He's like sitting out in his underwear yeah. on the on the porch. He's like, can you just keep it down a little bit? It's extremely early in the morning. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. Exactly. So uh, before that bit, um, there's a couple of bits that we skipped over that we'll go back to now. Um, yep. Tony and Meadow talk about the ducks again really quickly. They're all sort of sitting around talking about how um, it's nice that Livia drives her friends around. Yeah. Well, yes. I think the 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 other sort of emotional through line um, is carried in in these next few scenes yeah. of Tony rebelling against Melfi's analysis. He doesn't want um, it to be true that his mother is a bad person and that he has been genuinely negatively impacted by that his whole life he's like nah look she's doing she's doing nice things she's not just awful i couldn't think of a one like single moment where she displayed genuine love to me in, in my childhood but she's driving her friends around that's a nice thing to do right but he like he kind of is having both reactions to the um to the to the therapy because like yeah he gets mm. the they're, they're talking about the ducks and he's like oh, i miss those ducks and then um He's like, hey, I'm proud of my mother for driving a thing, like you said. But then it cuts to Livia who's driving someone home and she drops her off and then immediately runs her over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like goes to reverse, but just hits the accelerator, still in yep. f- drive. And Good stunt woman, because fuck, she took a tumble. I, the note I wrote down was, oof, what a crash. Yeah. It really looks like a woman, an old lady got hit by a car. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, she fucks her up. And then it cuts <laughs> to Tony telling Melfi... And he's like, yeah, she sprained the wrist. Uh, really? That's crazy. And Melvie's like, is, is, is the other lady okay? And he's like, ah, hip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which sounds pretty bad. But Melfi gives it yeah. this sort of, gives Tony like, hey, you know what? That thing you were saying about the retirement home, maybe a good idea. I've seen some inspirational people there and blah, blah, blah. Gives him like these yeah. sort of lines, not deliberately, but right, tells right. him positive things about it. And then... Tony is telling his mother about it and uses those same lines to try and convince her. Yeah, yeah, he parrots it. He, like, he's a he's a great manipulator. <laughs> and that's the thing, right? He's trying to manipulate his mother with these lines. So I wonder if he views Melfi as being a manipulator and psychotherapy and all of that being manipulative or right. if he is just using whatever tools he has to manipulate others. Um, that's a good question. I don't, I would tend to believe the latter. I don't think he yeah. thinks Melfi is being like malicious or um conniving or, or, you know, like maybe he just doesn't believe in psychotherapy as like a, a medical practice. Mm. You know, I can see him having skepticism about it being effective. Um, I don't think he thinks that she's manipulating him on purpose. I I do think that he's consciously taking the lines and using right. them to manipulate, though. I, def- I definitely think that. Because it sort of fits in with his behavior of being like, yeah, I did a semester and a half of university. And like getting these things mm. that he thinks are smart and then kind of parroting them. Mm-hmm. And then, because his mom is like, what does that mean? And he's like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, he just he very quickly moves on to the next, to what he's trying to say, which is just like, I think I just think it'll be good for you. You need it. You're in trouble here. This yeah. is dangerous. I can't keep having to clean up these, you know, messes after you and I don't want you to be hurt. And he has a point, but she's like, 
uh, fuck you. I gave my jewelry to your cousin because fuck you. And right. I don't, I'm never going to do this. And he's like, all right, well, then I'll go get fucking power of attorney over you and I'll make you do it. She's like, oh, yeah. stab me in the chest. Yeah, God. <laughs> she's so dramatic. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's when she's lying on the couch with her broken wrist. Right. Um, but, yeah, she's like, Carmela, Carmela never showed an interest in my jewels. And I think that, again, like, Tony has genuine concern for his mother, but his reaction is to when it turns out that she's given away a bunch of stuff to her other family members. Yeah. You know, that's what puts, like, that's what makes him mad, I guess. Yeah, everything. She is being the jerk-ass trope. Because like mm-hmm. he says, hey, that's good ham. And she's like, do you want more? And he's like, no, no, I'm full. I ate so much ham. And she's like, you never let me feed you. I'm <laughs> like, God, I wish I had an Italian mother who wanted me to be a fat ass. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be really good for me. Um, but <laughs> yeah, 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 so he he kind of just tells her, look, this is fucking happening. Because Melfi yeah. has sort of said, you need to maybe put some rules down. With yeah, her. You stand yeah. Up to her. And he, he takes that and they take her to this place. From the yep. last episode, uh, I can't remember the name of it. Greengrove. Greengrove. That's yeah. right. So um, they and again have a very reasonable uh, chat with the woman there, who is honestly being like, "Yeah, this is a nice place. You yeah. know, this is a good place to be. I seem like a nice person. Come on, just sign the papers. Come uh, on." She is sitting there with a fucking death mask on. Yeah, she is, she is furious and scary. And yep. that, that lady who works at Greengrove has a nice um, Italian phrase that I forget, but it was something oh. like, what starts off as a piece of shit turns into a silk. <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but <laughs> yeah. something berry turns into mulberry. Do mulberries get made into silk? There's some sort of berry. I think, so. I think that, that gets... might have been it. Yeah. 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 She, some berry or something turns into silk, and I like that, but she doesn't give a fuck about it. She hates being there. Yeah. But whatever. They've done it. While they're there... Uncle Junior is trying to call Tony again. Like oh, he yes. tracks them down at the place and he's like, no, call him back. And she's like, it sounds urgent. He's like, no, call him fucking back. Later on, they get home and Chris has called them because in a scene earlier. Oh, yes. Yes. The heist has gone ahead uh, minus Chris. Mm-hmm. So it's Brendan and these two other guys, I guess, that he knows. And they stop the car, stop the truck. The guy gets out with his lunch. He knows that it's the drill as well. Yep. Yep, it's the same company as before. It's literally the same company. Like, it's not like they... I don't think I noticed that the first time I watched this. Like, they're literally hitting Junior's protected company again. Right. It's not just a similar one. It's the exact same truck. It was what they were specifically told not to do. Yeah. Brendan has gone and done again. Yeah. So, and with, like, these two other guys who don't really seem to know what the fuck they're doing. No. Neither does Brendan, really. It's It's a mess. None of them yeah. can drive the truck. They're like holding their It's gun. a real Coen Brothers situation. Like it's a right. real like darkly comic crime caper thing of like a fucked up heist. And oh yeah. boy. Because at some point one of them climbs out of the truck and their gun falls out and goes off and kills this guy, which yep. is pretty ridiculous. I don't know if this <laughs> scene maybe would have been a little more uh, buyable if mm. like one of those greener guys... Had just shot him, right? Yeah, uh, it, yeah. It, like the gun happening to kill him is like okay, <laughs> but whatever. It's very, it's very Looney Tunes. It is, and I, he falls over. He's like standing up straight, rigid, and he's like, Ugh, falls boom, yeah. Over. He does like a proper Three Stooges fall. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. But whatever. So that's why Chris is trying to call Tony. He's like, call me on an outside line. And he's like, Tony, I didn't have anything to do with this. Let me just get that out of the way first. But Brendan, he hit this other truck. We got to come down here. We got a bunch of suits. Tony's pissed. Yeah, as he should be. And Brendan freaks out at the time, by the way. Like, Brendan knows killing the guy is the worst thing that could have happened. This has really gone bad. He's like, Tony's going to be so fucking mad at me. And Tony on the phone, God, James Gandolfini says the word fuck well. (laughs) Yep. He's the perfect man for the role. He's very good. Yeah. So they're they're doing the... They've got all these suits. Yep. And Tony's pissed at Chris. He's mad at Brendan, but he's always hated Brendan. The yeah, thing he says true. to Chris is like, the fuck do you think leadership is? Huh? Yeah. Did you try and talk this guy out of doing it? Did you get him to stop doing it? Did you give him any guidance? And mm. now are you going to take responsibility for your man? Mm. This guy is your guy and he's fucked up, which means you fucked up. Yeah. And I like that's a great representation of why Tony is, is a leader and why he is a boss. Because at the time... I didn't think about that stuff. Yeah. You know, when, when it's in the morning and Chris is just like, I don't want to do it. I'm like, oh, good on you, Chris. Good I'm so you. proud of you for doing the right thing. Yeah. But it, Tony's right. It's like, you know, you knew it was going to go ahead. You should have stopped Exactly. It. And the only reason Brendan's even involved with this is seemingly because Chris has gotten him involved with all this stuff. Right. So, yeah. like, yeah, he's right. Yeah. Chris is responsible for this, even if he wasn't there. And so they're like, you got to take the suits over to the fucking place, give him back, face the music. And yep. Chris is upset about that. But then he's... <laughs> Silvia, Silvio? Yes. It's yeah. like, the suit looks pretty good on me. Would it matter if some of these suits <laughs> yeah. didn't go back? Yeah. And then Tony's like, yeah, look, I don't see you guys loading this rack, that rack, <laughs> yes. and that rack over there, and not this rack, into the truck. Yeah. So th- Very good. That- and, and again, the incidental stuff between um, that crew... Those, those dudes yeah. is so funny in all of these scenes. It's really funny. A hundred percent. And that scene takes place right before the car scene with the with the teacher and the new car that we kind of described before. Right. Because like, uh, I guess we forgot to say that the Pussy and uh, and Paulie find those two guys who stole it. They yeah. put guns in their mouths. They threaten them. They're like, where'd you fucking take it? They eventually show them. And there's this like taken apart car with the license plates on another. And they're like, is that the car? And they're like, No. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened to it. Like, dude, don't lie at this point. It's not going to yeah. help, but whatever. But yeah, you're right. It's, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. The scene where they bust into their apartment and shove guns in their mouths is the other side of these guys. Right. It's like they're fucking cold, cold, hard criminals. They'll kill people. They do it just as easily, right? Like, I think we yep. said that at some point in the last episode with like maybe when they were fighting that coffee guy. Right. They are psychopaths, <laughs> probably. Yes. Totally, yeah. So, um, yeah, you, that one-two kind of thing of Tony being a little bit like, he's chewed out Chris for stealing these suits, and then he just does the same thing. Right. He steals some of those suits, and then you get the car where the Anthony's like, what a hero, but it's this like replacement car that they fucked someone over with. They've stolen a second car. Totally. So someone else has a stolen satin now, but not the guy who Tony wants to butter up. Exactly, yeah. He didn't just find the car. He didn't find a cheap car and buy it for the guy. Nothing about how they solved the f- problem was legitimate. No. Nah. Um, and all it was to do was to gain leverage over a fucking teacher, a science teacher, because Anthony Jr. is doing poorly in it. Like exactly. It's, yeah, it's it's terrible. And I, but I love how it goes up and down and up and down and up and down with how much you relate 
or sympathize mm. with Tony, mm. especially. Yeah. Because when it's the mother stuff, you're like, yeah, I can relate to that. You know, everyone's got problems with their family or whatever. Mm-hmm. When it's him dealing with Chris, you're like, yeah, he's in a difficult position. He's the head of this company, basically. Right. And people right. keep fucking up. And it seems like his job is hard. And then it's like, oh, wait, this guy's fucking selfish and a dick. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This guy's oh, the, a real jerk ass trope. The, <laughs> the romance of of what it meant to be in the mafia is slowly declining. Mm. Like, oh, but what it means to be in the mafia is doing this kind of shit. Right. Mm. So uh, most of Livia's stuff has been moved into the new place. Tony's yep. grabbing some last few things out of the house, some of which are old photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that one photo of her like smoking a cigarette, looking looking 40 years younger. Yeah. There's uh, the dad and the mom and mm-hmm. Tony, you assume, as a baby. And then there's like, I guess Photoshop existed, but there's a pretty badly <laughs> edited, doctored photo of like a real school photo, clearly, of James Gandolfini and a right. younger version of uh, the the name of the actor of the mother. I can't remember. Uh, it is Nancy Marchand. So they, they've been cut out of a magazine mm-hmm. and paste it mm-hmm. together pretty awkwardly. But there's some old family photos and it gives Tony another anxiety attack. Yeah. Yeah. He sits down. He, I mean, he's, yes, he starts to cry. Like he says uh, to Melfi immediately after this, um, mm. he didn't black out, but he was sad. <laughs> he was overcome with sadness. Right. And I suppose this is when she tells him like, maybe you hate your mother. And he's like, that's fucking ridiculous. I'm going to storm out. Yeah, I think he storms out both times. I think he's having a hard yeah. time th- throughout the episode accepting that, yeah, what he's upset about is not, like, um, necessarily his own guilt. You know, he keeps thinking that he's fucked up. You yeah. know, he says that he's the bad son. He's constantly trying to compensate for this thing that he perceives as a personal flaw, um, which you understand because he is told constantly by his mother that he is a bad son. Right. Um, but, and yeah, if you've you've had that trauma ingrained your entire life it's going to be equally traumatic to like realize that you're not the cause especially when socially in 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 this world loving your mother is a a a requirement right you know it is expected of you even more than it is in other cultures in this specific like american italian group that is yep. a given, you know? So it's hard for him yeah. to kind of come to terms with it. So he's not coming to terms with it. <laughs> yes. He, he, Melfi hasn't gone on her bright blue see-through Mac and looked up jerkass mm-hmm. on tvtropes.org to not show yet. Tony and be like, oh, I get it now. She's a jerkass. All right. <laughs> but, I, I know that trope from other things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I even know what it's called because it's so familiar to me. Um. <laughs> yeah. So he's not, he's not coping with it. And she's like, no. you got to stop letting this out in other ways, but instead he keeps letting it out in other ways and uh, beats yeah. up the guy who can't work the phone with the receiver of the phone and satisfying, but also the wrong thing to do. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I think that final conversation is about sadness and Tony, Tony I think, admits that. Yeah, I'm sad. You know, I'm mm. sad that my mom is in a home now. I'm sad that, you know, things aren't what they used to be. And he admits that um, easily compared to yeah. the last episode. He's like, I can accept that I'm sad. I can't accept that I'm full of hatred. Totally. I, I can't accept that I'm full of rage. Um, and I don't know if he's accepted it even after he beats the shit out of the guy. Yeah. Um, no, because he's like sweating. He looks, you know, he's angry. He's bottling it up. Everyone's kind of freaked out in the club, but also they kind of get back to it. As they? though this isn't <laughs> something that's that weird to happen. Totally. Yep. Yeah. You know, 
Could, they've worked at a mafia-owned strip club for a while. Exactly. They've seen people get the shit beaten out of them for no reason. Amalfi also suggests that maybe Livia is depressed. Oh, yes. You're right. Yes. Because I, I think last episode as well, they talk about the potential... Uh, of depression to be an, a hereditary thing. I don't know if right. it's, yeah, it, uh, because they talk about the dad and, and how he ended up. Mm. But yeah, you're right. I think, yeah, Melfi uh, identifies Livia potentially being depressed. And man, it's a lot for Tony to, to <laughs> get his head around. It is because like Melfi is right about this stuff, but I do think that she also doesn't have the full picture and context. And that's kind of partly why Tony is resistant to some of this because mm. she's saying it with at this point with like cold therapist generic kind of stuff right. that isn't wrong but it isn't fully explaining what's going on in tony's life yet yes yep you know what yeah, I, mean? I think that's true yeah yep absolutely and that's something that i have a feeling is going to change as the show goes on mm, interesting all right <laughs> we'll see because I kind of remember it changing a little. Like, I, <laughs> the, it is really cool watching this show again. We're recording two in the same week before we've even put out the first one because I yes. think we both just wanted to watch another episode of the show. Absolutely, we'll yeah, probably yeah, yeah. do another one soon because I, I wanted to watch the third episode straight away. But be- I know it's going to be tough for everyone listening along to wait, but I guess they'll probably watch them all as well and then just listen to the podcast. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do in terms of well, release schedule is going to be one a week. We have to do that because yeah. it's two, but. I want to watch more of this show. So we will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's watch and another we'll episode about next it. week. We're talking about it once a week. That's right. Um, uh, yeah, if you have uh, any thoughts, any opinions on the show up to this point, uh, as we've said, please don't spoil it. We're not going to spoil it. Um, you can get uh, get at us at gabagoolboys at gmail.com. Right. Uh, gabagoolpod on Instagram. Um, Worth yeah, reiterating, if, yeah. Every, every episode is just about what the show has shown us to that point. It's yep. never going to be about anything that will spoil future episodes. Purely what exists as though season one, episode two had just come out and yeah. season one, episode three doesn't exist yet until Totally. Next and I think, you know, all um, our ARIA listeners got that pretty well. They Also, because we had seen all the Game of Thrones, but um, uh, some people listening hadn't, they would quite it clearly delineate spoilers and non-spoilers in the emails. Yeah. Just, just no spoilers. <laughs> exactly. We have like a sealed section for future stuff in in Aria. We're not doing yeah. that for this show. It's just as it go as it comes. And when they yep. bring out season seven of The Sopranos, we'll be ready. <laughs> well, uh, you joke, Adam, but the prequel movie is coming out in September um, with James oh. Gandolfini's son playing a young Tony Soprano. Fuck, I'd forgotten that existed. Yeah, I Fuck. just I think it came up when I was googling like you know images the other day for the podcast. Interesting. Um, I wonder if there's so, any way we can get all of this show done in the next three months. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, uh, it's only a movie, so we'll probably just do like a episode for that when it comes and out if and it's get a back to the show. prequel, I guess it won't spoil anything that we're not yet up to in the show. And I mean, I've seen most of the show, so I can watch the prequel and see if there is any spoilers. Like we can, we can. We'll yeah, figure out sure, something to do yeah. with that. Yeah. But that is coming up in the future. So that's uh, awesome. <laughs> that's yeah. exciting to me. Yeah. Great. Well, um, yeah. I guess if you want to hear more of us until next week, we've got Filthy Casuals, which is a podcast about video games mm-hmm. uh, that also comes out every week. And uh, other than that, we'll uh, we'll see you next week, right? Yeah. See ya. Thanks. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.